it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter, you know. At the end of the day, you just totally. don't be an asshole. I mean, you could be an asshole, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's like yeah. there's no reason for it. So knock it off, essentially. And I think that when we have true equity and equality, everybody wins. And I really, really like it when everybody wins because there's a richness, a joy, a happiness, and a, and a diversity that is unfound any other way. Welcome to Amigos PC. If you were looking for a podcast with high standards and an appreciation for the finer things in life, like water polo, ballet, equestrian riding, cricket, and trips to the countryside, uh, you're in the wrong place. If you're looking for a podcast that celebrates drinking, random thoughts, wacky conspiracies, memes, crypto, cinema, and a lot of other things that don't really make any sense, then you're in the right place. This is Amigos PC, and here are your hosts, Scott and Mark. Amigos PC back at it again. Uh, Today's guest is quirky, eccentric, bearded media personality, voiceover guy, writer, music lover, presenter of stuff and unable to leap tall buildings uh, the anti-superman if you could say uh ben Sorensen, a comedian and voice teller from australia can you uh just introduce yourself a little bit and and just let us know who you are the anti-superman i like that <laughs> that's that's way better i only use that and the best thing is that gives me an excuse for wearing the underwear on the outside which i love <laughs> Total win. Thanks for having me on the show. It's just such such a wonderful experience to be on your show listening to a couple of the podcasts, the Reverend Chats. Wow, that's my thing. Uh, I walk through the world and try to get paid to have irreverent chats such as that. But um, yeah, my world's a little bit, you know, eclectic. So I've got a lot of the entertainment stuff, or I class it as the entertainment stuff, hosting live events all over Australia. And I would go internationally, but I'm not allowed to at the moment. Uh, in fact, I'm not allowed to go lots of places at the moment, <laughs> courtesy of the spicy cough. I'm doing a fair bit of uh, voiceovers. Uh, I'm doing quite a few local shows, which is really great. And uh, there's a little bit of film work that we're doing some pre-production on. So that's exciting too. So I'm keeping myself busy, which is nice. Oh, and I've also got a uh, crossword puzzle that I started about 10 years ago that I'm, I'm yet to finish. But, you know, I, I just don't want to finish it too soon because, you know, when you rush things, yeah. The the quality starts to suffer a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. Especially so with crossword puzzles. Yeah. I can only oh, imagine. Yeah. 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 Are you one of those people with crossword puzzles? Like you have to ask the person next to you or something to, to get a clue as to what it might be? Or, or is it because you've been doing it for so I long? You're that good. You're that good. <laughs> I'm I'm not that good, and I do ask the person next to me because I use the crossword puzzle as a small talk guide. Oh, nice. So this is how you can take a reverent banter into your daily life is by taking whatever que- a crossword question it is and starting the conversation with the random person next to you about that. That's your small talk generator right there. That is your icebreaker. I like it. Yeah, but they do get sus when they give you the answer and you don't write it down. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. like, wait a minute, are you yeah. even doing a crossword puzzle, or what are you doing here? <laughs> crossword puzzle? That's a great idea. Let's do a crossword puzzle. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's handy. It's a little more difficult with Sudoku. <laughs> I but, can only uh, imagine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, crossword puzzle, pretty good. Yeah, it didn't work so well for me overseas because uh, my crossword puzzle was in English and everyone else was speaking French, so that mm. makes it a little harder. Yeah, so pick your language. Right. Yeah, rookie mistake. That makes sense. You uh, had stated that due to the spicy cough, I, making the assumption you're talking about uh, COVID, uh, correct? Yes. And that's... Yes. Uh, yes. Unless and, there's something new that you have to tell us. Yeah, or, unless you're breaking new news here. Spicy cough, uh, COVID's plenty new. They've got like, <laughs> so what is it, six, seven variants now? That's yeah, like a yeah. buffet of COVID. Yeah, you, you, you pick your poison at this point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, you only got Delta. Oh, imagine the class, <laughs> the class war between different variants of COVID. Look, that's that's great. Oh, you got that one. Oh, well, you know, you can't be any good. It's faux pas now. You, you've got to get this on it. Oh, 
so yesterday. That was so last. That was so last March. That's the original COVID. You have to get the next yeah. one. So they're limiting you from traveling, uh, essentially, or is that just a personal uh, choice? Most of the time, it's the antidepressants that limit me, but um, this time. <laughs> This time it's the dang government and the spicy cough. So we've got internal border restrictions that are not there and then there and then not there and there. And it's really difficult to run events and travel because there's been a couple of times where I can get out of my state, but I couldn't get back into my state without a two-week hotel quarantine. And I don't want to go to a hotel quarantine because we don't have designated quarantine facilities here and people actually catch COVID in the quarantine facilities, <laughs> which kind of defeats the purpose of a quarantine facility if you catch the very thing that you're not meant to be catching. <laughs> so, but having said that, we are very lucky that the states, the individual states have stepped up to provide the best quarantine facilities that they can. Uh, it's the federal government here that's gone, mm Ah, uh, don't really want to spend some money on these quarantine facilities. So that's been a bit of a battle. But then that now we're talking politics. Yeah. It also seems like it's a it's a running joke uh, almost the way that you just described it because that that here at least in the states like we thought something like that was going to happen and, and at one point it almost did especially in more liberal states uh, like Illinois and California uh, with New quarantine York. New York be another being one another one like that. It, it just seemed like uh, they were going to those leaps and bounds and, and people were like, well, what if you're driving around like and, and what are they going to stop you? You got to stay. And, and it sounds like that's actually taking place where you're at, which is funny, but also kind of depressing because and scary. Yeah, scary because it's just this is the first literally the first time that white people have been told what to do yeah. <laughs> ever. And they actually like, screaming. No wonder, no wonder, like, oh wait a minute, what's going on here? Again? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. It's just it's for our own self-preservation, you know? Yeah. So How dare you? So, How dare you? I've got That's rights. Weird. Yeah, you do. You do. And I'm protecting them and trying to keep you alive. It's not, you know, the lizard people aren't coming to get you. Not yet, so, at least. Uh, no, no, yet. Yeah, totally. Totally. They're still in their container within under their nice warm light. I wonder if lizard people do that. Like, I wonder if they go to bed in, like, a, a solarium or something so that they can just stay nice and toasty warm. Maybe. Because lizards are cold-blooded. I don't know. But, yes, COVID, <laughs> we digress. Uh, <laughs> COVID border, border restrictions are really funny. So there was a uh, Supernova Comic-Con on the weekend uh, in Sydney, which I didn't go to because the, Sydney was fast becoming a hot spot. And now they've cancelled the next show, which is next weekend, in Perth simply because Perth has closed their borders to people coming from Sydney. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so is, we've it, got is, a, it, is a it still pretty convention that's just cancelled? Is it because still pretty crazy there as far as or at least like the cases of it? Because here it's, it seems like it's down, but I mean, who Look, knows? I'm, right, I'm, really? I'm really pleased to see that uh, you guys have got some great, a great vaccination rate and also <laughs> less deaths because it was so heartbreaking. To see yeah. a first world Western country that has very few impediments to obtaining whatever it needs mm -hmm. still have the death rate that it did. So that was just really sad. So it's really great to see that you guys aren't dropping deadlock flies. Yeah. yeah. But over here, because we're we're a little solo island, our our strategy is a dodgy quarantine half-assed vaccination rollout and the thing that <laughs> states can control is we have an outbreak we're locking down so it's immediate lockdowns yeah when there's an outbreak and well, i think they call it circuit a circuit breaker and that, that normally works really really well and we have really great contact tracing so if someone tests positive for covid then we have a team of people that go through and go all right what have you touched and they go through and, and work that out and go, oh, all right, fair enough. Like there was this one guy that had COVID, tested positive, and they publish everywhere you go in the papers and online. Whoa. So that if you've been there or been close to there during those times, you can go get tested. And it's, so they're it's, using like your mobile phone data to basically say like you went here, here, no, they and ask here. You, they almost? go, all right, Mark, where have you been in the last 48 hours? 
Come on, be honest. <laughs> Three strip clubs. You look at where they've been and you go, wow, everyone that's got COVID is like having parties and going everywhere. Because I know when I've got a cold, I'm like, oh, nah, Uber Eats and that's it. I'm staying at home. But yeah. uh, some of the guys, when, you got, when they got COVID, you can see they're going to all of these different places. And there was one guy that had COVID and they published where he'd been and it was like a uh, barbecue shop, Barbecue shop, barbecue shop, barbecue shop, butcher. What? And then butcher and then uh, liquor store. And everyone's like making jokes and going, I really hope he got the barbecue that he wanted after all that and had (laughs) had an awesome COVID barbecue or something. And it actually turned out that he was trying to buy a chain of barbecue stores. Not buying a barbecue at all, <laughs> buying the barbecue stores. So we get all sorts of stuff like that that pops up daily. Um, like if you've been to, you know, and shopping centres are really hard because we've got tier one and two. So tier one is I've been in the same shop as you and we could have touched the same stuff. And tier wow. two is we were in the same vicinity. So tier one, immediately get tested and quarantine until you get your 14 days at home. And tier two is get tested and quarantine till you get the a negative result. Oh wow! Uh, at first, I thought you said yeah, Tijuana, yeah. so I was all like, "What does the Spanish fly Me have to too. do?" I, well, you were saying Tijuana, right? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so much better. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Tijuana. It's yeah, Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah. No, awesome. it, that's where <laughs> Tijuana. <laughs> Yeah. Well, can you? So I noticed when you reach out to us about coming on the podcast and you know doing a little bit of background research, you run a couple pods yourself. One happens to be a uh, looks like a country music pod. Uh, I listen to briefly, yep. and then uh, you also have another one. Uh, can you give us a little bit of insights uh, on your two podcasts? Look, so the country music one was actually really quite popular. Um, it's on a little bit. It's it's really weird. So when you create content, yeah, you create it, you finish it, and you don't think about it anymore. It's out there, and other people that's for other people the world to enjoy. Uh, and then, right, I find that there's some content that just people keep consuming, and I'm very very fortunate to have 200 episodes of that with Real Country. Wow. Okay. So it's basically a showcase of my adventures over four years. Traveling around Australia and the globe, playing country music, meeting some cool people, and it's it's great fun. It was a a a radio series that was on 140 stations in five countries. Oh wow! And it's still up there for people to listen to, and uh, it just blows my mind that people continue to listen to it because it was so much fun to make. So we've got right new rising artists that are now quite uh, prominent artists within Australian country music. There's uh, my trips to the Golden Guitar Awards. There's also, weirdly, I did a country music trip to Paris for two weeks. Wow. As a, as no, those a, as two a don't seem like they go hand in hand for me, but Look, you wouldn't think they don't. Paris and country music. The baked goods, my God, amazing. That was great. <laughs> And yeah. uh, guys from Tourism Paris, Tourism Paris were very, very friendly and very welcoming, as were the guys, because I did two weeks in Ireland as well, uh, going through there. And I can't remember all of it because it was <laughs> the, the, the drink was very good. <laughs> Ireland. Um, when in Rome. Yeah, very good. That was a hoot. And uh, also did a couple of weeks in Germany as well, where the beer was also very good. Definitely worth checking out. To kind of stick on the country one real quick, what's the difference then with, or or are there, is it really similar to, because we have like our version here in the States of of country music and and we have like a (laughs) mentality. (laughs) Go ahead. That's the same thing. Is it different? Is it the same? It's different to Utah. (laughs) I I am aware of that. Country music is a very, very broad church, uh, and I'm not just talking about Eric, but there's a huge range of music within that. And if you look at, particularly in Australia, we see with the Country Music Awards, we try and categorise it so we can give awards for it because humans love awards and shiny things. So we've got like a traditional country section, we've got bush ballads, we've got like country pop, we've got... There's so many different things. So I feel like country music is more an idea 
and an overall feeling as opposed to a very narrow or niche genre. And you'll hear some country songs and you go, now that's more pop or that's more rock or that's more whatever. Yeah. And as a genre of develops and evolves, we tend to see more and more people trying different things and pushing boundaries. And look, the country music scene in the States is giant, worth so many monies. <laughs> and the other great thing about it is <laughs> you can tour all, ar- all around the States and have an entire career yeah. and never go back to the same venue twice, which is perfect for a lot of country artists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason so. for the question is like, okay, here it's like really twangy and it's broad in nature and, and they are trying to like segregate it into like all these little niche yeah. things. Because we talked to a, a radio host recently where it seems like that's getting a little out of control with the segregating of it. But yep. there in Australia, it seems like it, that's also happening, is there, especially because of, of awards and shining things, like you're saying, is that yeah, they're yeah, yeah. segregating it into all these little buckets. But at the root, it's just like a culture, essentially, as you're saying. It's like it, it's yeah. a mindset. I feel like that's the easiest way to do it. But then having said that, I still get hate mail from real country of people saying, that's not country music. <laughs> And then you go back and you look at a lot of times people and people will give examples and they will go, that's not country music. You know, what about this artist? And I go, well, when this artist first started, everybody sent him hate mail. I went, you're not country music. This is country music. So, you know, I feel like it's um, how, how, how do we deal with that? How do we rationalize that in our head? Uh, we go, it's music. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah. And if you like something different, find that. Listen to that. It's an enjoyable thing, music. So hunt down what you love and then stick to it. You know, who cares what it's called? Well, as music as a whole, I think that it, it needs to start getting more broader anyways, because like you were saying earlier, artists are starting to venture out, try new things. Well, not starting. I mean, that's always been a thing. Elvis yep. is famously known for, you know, mixing a couple of genres together, right? So I think totally. that... It, and that it, kid did all right. Yeah, exactly. He's still doing okay. He's been gone for quite a while. So I think that... He, Good listener now. Right. Yeah, he probably is listening. Is that what you said? He's listening? Yeah, probably. He's a good listener now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if it went broad and people more, uh, they started to grasp onto that, I think it could, you know, excel a lot more with more music. A lot of the same genres have uh, similar backgrounds. We've made mention on one of our episodes where punk and rap, they kind of have the same background. They kind of started the same way, you know, anti-establishment. Against the establishment. Yeah. Basically, like they're against, they're fighting for their their rights. There's actually a a really, really cool, I'm just trying to think of their name. This is going to make really, really shit. (laughs) Ah, There we go. This is, uh, it's going to make really shit video, but it's important. So there is a wonderful, wonderful Australian comedy group, and I just didn't want to get the name wrong. Uh, The Axis of Awesome is what they're called. They did an entire comedy set on how many songs have the same four chords. So we're talking about punk and rap having similar similar backgrounds and a similar beat profile. Uh, These guys took it to the next level and just jammed heaps of songs (laughs) all with the same four chords, and it's genius. It's on YouTube, so definitely check it out. But uh, it speaks exactly to what we're talking about here. Wow. Yeah, let's check that out. So, yeah, definitely. Saying that, you know, there's... uh, I can't even uh, remember who it was, but someone was saying there's no such thing as an original idea, you know? Everyone's had the idea and they're twisting it differently or doing something different with it. It's not massively unique, so we need to kind of just sort of roll with it because it's going to be constant and there's always going to be change. Yeah, I actually ran into that recently. I was on a guest on uh, Joe Macalino's podcast. He just recently started podcasting. I've seen that you were a guest on it as well. We've been doing something on and off on our podcast for a while and, and like making fake commercials or just doing ad rolls in some way, shape or form. And he does the same thing. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it, it's not an original idea, but we put our own spin on it to make it funny. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's, I think it's more, we've got a bowerbird here, which is one of the very few Australian animals that doesn't want to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you guys, you guys definitely have some creatures out there for sure. Yeah. So digre- again, digressing. Yeah. Oh, cassowaries. Wow. 
Can you imagine growing up in Australia being dyslexic and thinking that you're getting a casserole and you end up with a giant bird in your front yard that wants to peck your eyes out? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. They're pretty scary. I like I like the colours, though, but then they got this big thing on their head that's like a giant axe, and you're going, ugh, no. It's like, like a, a unfriendly... Yeah, definitely. Although, good drumsticks. Anyway, I think, as our Deputy Prime Minister here says, or was famously quoted, if you can farm it, there's someone on this planet that's going to want to eat it. That's, yeah, wise words. It's a very evolved thought for a political leader to go, well, you know, if you can farm it, we'll find someone who wants to eat it. That's fine. (laughs) I think First Nations people ate cassowaries because they're a big meaty bird. I think that would be a pretty tasty thing. I think I've had chicken. Maybe it's like Daintree KFC. I don't know. Just one big ass drumstick. And do you know what? If you were able to take down a cassowary, you would want to parade that thing around as long as you could because that's hard. Yeah. They're, they're angry little birds when they're angry big birds when they get started. You mm-hmm. know, it's terrible. It's like from Sesame Street, big bird, you know. Man, huge, huge. And also predator, eyes in front, you know. Road rage, big bird. Yeah. Road rage, big bird. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, I want to, can you, I can see that movie when big bird snaps. <laughs> Just gives like middle finger. Just sitting in traffic, just fucking pissed. Yeah. He's done. Totally on his way back done. to the barrio with the rest of the puppets. He's fucking done. I get it. Yeah, totally get it. So the thing I was originally talking about that we were digressing from, which I was going to digress in a different area. We've had some floods in Victoria, and we have a spider that lives underground. So it burrows. It's got like a little tunnel thing that it lives in. Please, you can't see the hand gesture that I just made. And like burrows. Could be interpreted wrong. Perfect. But it burrows down underneath. So there's a whole heap of them. And with the floodwaters rising, they can't live in their little burrows. So there's flood water behind them. And there's this wall of spiders just crawling out of this the floodwaters. And there's Oh god. It's topian scary thing. Like if you're arachnophobic, then you've got uh, you're not going to deal well with this. There's photos online of cars driving down the road and there's just like all of these like Halloween style spider webs everywhere on the grass, on everything. Spiders coming out everywhere, like creepy ass. Hand big or like, I imagine every spider in Australia is probably hand big. Like cup and saucer, like the saucer size all the way up to plate size. Jesus. That's, yeah. well, that's still big. Yeah, that's, some of them will eat you. Some of them won't. Some of them are, are furry. That's the thing. Like they, we got little. Oh, you guys got tarantulas. And yeah, stuff yeah, we well, have then. that. We like to keep tarantulas as pets. Is that a thing there with these spiders? Also, <laughs> that is a good question. You guys have pets, or just look outside? No, we have pets. We have guinea pigs. That's what we feed to our other pets. Yeah, we have pets. We've got all the normal things. Some people have cockatoos. Okay. No, that's uh, cockatoo. One word, not cock or two, which is different. <laughs> I think that's um, some kind of sexual move, right? <laughs> it is. It is. I've seen it. That's an urban dictionary search right there. <laughs> um, if not, we got to do it. We have to. We have to make that. So, a cockatoo is a really beautiful and very intelligent bird. It's quite a large bird, and it's pristine white, and has a a sulfur crest. Yeah. That it can flashes up and down. It's really amazing. And I've had wonderful experiences with so many of them, both wild and pets. I remember staying at this one B&B in the forest in, uh, I think it was Warburton. And they said, oh, you know, we've, we've got some seed and you put it out in the little bird feeder and then the birds come and you can watch the birds and it's really lovely. And I was like, yeah, I'm bang up for that. That's good. Give me an animal I can hug it any day. <laughs> No, 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 you can't hug them. They're wild birds. All right, fair enough. Whatever you say, love. That's fun. Look, totally cool. Totally get it. Not pets. Don't hug them. (laughs) So here's me out in the morning, and it's like minus five, and there's mist everywhere with seed in my hand going, come on, birds, eat it, eat it. And uh, it was really wonderful because actually not only did I look like a crazy person for about the hour that I was out there, but I actually was able to hand feed some of these wild birds. It was really a, a awesome. wonderful experience, and they were a bit rough with fingers, 
but how many tears did you have? How many tears? How emotional were you? Were you emotional at all or no? I was numb because it was bloody cold outside, which is good because when they scratch or play with your finger, you can't really feel it until an hour later when your finger thaws out. So that was pretty good. But uh, just such a wild, great experience there. And on that same trip, because I was, I wouldn't call that bush bush, but I was kind of sort of out in the country-ish area. I can remember walking home from the pub after having a few and... I saw this rock in a really odd spot beside the road. And I went, that's weird. I could walk down here before. I don't remember seeing that rock. That's weird. Turns out it was a wombat, not a rock. And it was just wandering along doing its own thing. And then in the silhouette behind the streetlight, there were two deer that ran through. And I'm just going, am I part of some, like, Dr. Doolittle Bambi movie or something? (laughs) But, you know, everyone talks about Australian animals wanting to kill you. And it's true. There's a lot of them that do. (laughs) But... It also has these really beautiful moments where you go, oh, my God, that's a wombat just wandering around doing its thing, and that's really awesome. Or there's some just amazing and beautiful birds, you know, squawking and making noise and having fun. It almost sounds like the uh, the Matrix was kind of going a little glitchy on you, having deer running around and the wombat sitting <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> Uh, the lady that was telling you not to hug the actual birds themselves, maybe she was uh, advocating for them, which kind of brings me to your next podcast, mm. which is the Advocate Podcast, right? So what is that about? So I teamed up with a company called EcoForce Global. So it's run by Charles Alder, mm-hmm. who in Australia during the droughts started a one of our, our main charities that helps farmers called Rural Aid. And basically, they provide support to drought-stricken farmers so that they can live and survive until they get rain so that they can continue farming. That's a $100 million-plus charity now, and it's doing its thing. So Charles has turned his attention on to working out how can we prevent droughts. Now we've got something to set up to help the cause. How can we look at preventing droughts? or making them not as long, or working in harmony with the planet, with regenerative agriculture, so that we can do all of this cool stuff. Basically, what the company does is takes carbon from the atmosphere and puts it in the ground. So we do that through trees and tree planting projects. There's also a lot of amazing soil work that's going on. So we talk about, everyone knows that trees hold carbon. Each tree holds about three three tonne of carbon over its life, not when you immediately put it in the ground. That'd be awesome. We fix global warming in like two seconds then. (laughs) You go, boom, in the ground, three ton, thanks, transaction done. No, not like that. But the soil's the really amazing thing for me. We can actually hold more carbon in healthy soils than I actually thought possible. So the really healthy soil holds a huge amount of carbon and it doesn't stop. Like a tree, you get your three ton, and then that's it. Soil, healthy soil just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, holding more and more and more carbon. So essentially, if you look at the farms that we have at the moment and we encourage our farmers to have regenerative agriculture principles, we're sinking more and more carbon into the soil, which takes it out of the atmosphere, which is wonderful. But it also means that the farmers need less water to water their crops. They need less chemicals and they get a better result. Wow. So there's... No downside. It's a win-win. It's really great. Yeah. And the farmers save money. It's this regenerative agriculture thing. It's wild. It's really, really wild. And we're talking about things like microclimates as well. So in the States, just like we have in Australia, you have some really big farms. And when we talk about big farms, it's just basically bare dirt or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres that they'll put wheat on or corn or sorghum or whatever. What happens is when that takes away the microclimate that's there. So what happens or what we found is when you plant trees, you get more rain. So if you clear off all of the trees, you're going to get less rain. So part of it is setting up your land and making sure that you have some space for trees and you have some space for the natural ecosystem working in conjunction with that so that you can have a better better yield with less chemicals and you're sequestering more carbon from the atmosphere and you're getting that microclimate going so that you get more organic rain and you get more organic 
healthy stuff for your, for your farm. So this has been a relatively new journey for me and it's wonderful. Like I've always been a big fan of science and the environment and this is just a wonderful way to link the two together. So on the EcoForce Global podcast, we actually talk about environment stories every week and we talk about all of the different new things that are happening in the environment space for farmers and things that we can do to make a difference. So yeah, it's been such a joy to do that. And I just really admire Charles for devoting his life to making such a big difference to farmers in Australia and also to promoting the concept of regenerative agriculture and going, well, you know what? I just want to do my bit. And he's done more than his bit. Really wonderful. Something how you've been explaining this so far and things that we've kind of talked about. It sounds like there's a huge problem in one aspect or another with Australia. Like either one place is flooding. You guys were recently on fire at one time, which I'm sure the floods took care mm-hmm. of. And then now there is also yeah, areas. Yeah. <laughs> Annoyingly. Fire and brimstone everywhere. At once, right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been really convenient. That would have helped, right? Like fires and then, oh, here it comes. Good. The flood. And then all yeah. of a sudden now there's a drought. So like the flood didn't work. There's a lot of things going on yeah. in Australia. It's like, okay. We have the same issues here. Oh, the same yeah, I guess so. I guess. And, you know, we do, we, though. We, I mean, we, have, we have crappy areas where things are not growing like they should, and we have crazier storms. It's just mm-hmm. how, unfortunately, the world is turning, it seems. Yeah. Well, part of that is at what we've done to the planet, and part of that is the global warming. And basically, I follow the science, so I don't like to go with what do I feel, what do I think. Okay, well, the data's there. When we get a scientific consensus, it's different to going down to the pub and getting a consensus there, which is a whole heap of people that just agree with your thought. We have to remember that a scientific consensus is not just people agreeing with your concept or idea. It's actually research, peer-reviewed research, that has come to the same conclusion as your original piece of research independently. So a scientific consensus is infinitely more solid than a opinion consensus. So when we have multiple research papers that are saying the same thing from different countries, different teams, different questions that are all coming to the same consensus, then we start to say that thing's real. doesn't matter whether we believe in it or not. It's real. It's happening. It's hard to deny it, basically. Yeah. Global warming, climate change, all that stuff, it's real and it's happening. And every time we see a storm that's super super big or you get hurricane season lasts you know longer or starts earlier and crops aren't growing and animals are dropping dead and all of this other stuff it's all to do with how we look after the planet and if you have an ecosystem or a global ecosystem that is balanced beautifully for millions of years to look after itself and kind of do its own thing and then you throw a spanner in the cogs well you know you got to expect some kickback from that and you know we're also seeing a lot of research and stuff saying that 70 or 75 percent of all of our global carbon emissions only come from 100 companies you know having our keep cups and driving electric cars and all of that and that's wonderful and we need to do that but we also need to start looking to those hundred companies and go you guys have the money and the ability to change the technology's there like there's no impediment other than people being ignorant and greedy like in australia we have a huge problem Mm. with mining companies so all of these mining companies are basically drilling and digging up australia which is that's what a mining company does yeah Uh, they like to make money and they've had a really good run at it Mm -hmm. uh but all of them, rather than going diversify and go into other areas that are better for the environment, that are sustainable, that don't have an end point, they're going, let's just mine more and harder and then find different people to sell it to. That's true. Because our existing clients are saying they don't want to buy our stuff anymore, so screw them, let's go find someone else that wants to buy our stuff. And I'm just going... That doesn't make economic sense. You know, it's harder for mining companies now to get financial backing and funding from banks because it's not a good investment. Who's going to buy your coal on this 50-year project, which is this mine? And we've got a lot of the countries, 70% of the countries that Australia deals with have a zero emissions target. And we sell them the things that create their emissions. 
So logic would say that maybe your customers are looking for some other options. <laughs> yeah. So you make a good point yeah. as far as it sounds like, obviously, we're heading down a bad path, right? What are your thoughts on like Elon Musk and the Bezos and the Richard Bransons who are trying to go up into space and basically seem like they're trying to leave our planet? Do you think they possibly know that something's up, that maybe our time is running out more than, than the most? Yeah, there's many paths to Rome. And yeah. I think that it's very, very different when you have the resources to go, all right, fuck this planet. I'm just, just picking a new one, you know? Most of us can't do that. Yeah, most of us are pretty much, we're dealt the hand we have. But then part of the problem we have and why our planet is in the state that it is in is because of Jeff and Elon and Richard yeah. and all of those insane billionaires. Yeah. Or trillionaires in some cases. Yeah. You know, they're like, oops, we fucked it up. <laughs> Let's play this game again on another planet. You know, <laughs> that's the problem. I think part of the problem is billionaires. Like in America, I look at your minimum wage and even in Australia and I go, wow, that's really rough. How can anyone that you are paying focus on the job that you are paying them to do if they have two other full time jobs as well? They can't. Yeah, so no. I, I'd rather pay someone properly to do one job so they can focus on it and do it properly, then know that my staff are starving, which is just totally, totally unethical and vile that any culture would do that to people within their own community. So yeah. nobody talks about is maximum wage. Oh, okay. Yeah, limit. A limit on how much they so could possibly make. I don't want to pay my burger flipper a livable wage because my Big Mac will end up costing $20. Yeah. You know? No, it won't. We have, I think, livable wages here to a certain extent, and our Big Macs are not $20. They're proportionately the same price as yours. Does it mean that the company can rape and pillage less? Yeah, but... Why do we need another billionaire? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do with all that money? You just sit it in the bank. You don't do anything. Or you buy and sell people like pawns. You go to no, Mars. Not a, not a, <laughs> you go to Mars. Go to Mars. <laughs> go to Mars. Maybe. That's, that's all that's left, right? I mean, once you have everything, you go to Mars. Yeah. Maybe Elon's got some issues, some insomnia or something like that. So he's going to Mars so he can work, rest, and play. That is true. That's probably possible. Both. Something um, along those lines. So, yeah, so the maximum wage is something we don't talk about. So we say, I don't want to pay someone a livable wage to flip a burger because my burger could be too expensive. But that same company also has a CEO that's paid $30, $40 million a year. So illogical argument that doesn't make sense. Maybe the CEO could survive somehow on $15 million a year rather than $30 million a year. That is and true. perhaps yeah. some of that money could go to paying a livable wage. So I don't know. Your staff could have shoes or food <laughs> or, you know, just you're right. I'm, crazy tired idea. Of, I'm tired of my McDonald's employees not having shoes. I hate that. I know. Right. I know. I get so mad when I see them with no shoes. Terrible. I, I get even madder when I, when I see them with no shoes and a missing toe and I've got an extra nugget. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> like where that went. Uh, so I just want to get into some of these questions, kind of derail um, most of the conversation. Thank you for giving us some insights on your podcast, both of them, and kind of just you know the, the wildlife, yeah, the wildlife wild of sure. Australia. With everything that you've actually explained today, and essentially what's trying to kill you and not kill you in Australia, and all of the natural disasters and other things that are going on, you're leading a huge case of showing that Australia is real. And one of the things that we have here on our show uh, being is just a running skit. We ended up asking a local rapper in one of your states there, his name's Muggsy. We asked him one time, drunkenly, is Australia real? And we've continued this question in, in kind of making a running <laughs> skit uh, because a lot of people, you know, one, either a lot of people don't, they haven't been there. It's unknown to them. And those that have, they're coming from the States, going to where you are, they get on a plane for 18 hours and then they land somewhere and they don't know exactly where they land. They think it's Australia, but they don't know. Uh, so yeah, true. being kind of tongue in cheek with everything. Probably when you defund education. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Very true. Very true. Yeah. So <laughs> with, with uh, the evidence that you provided today, essentially, you did show us that Australia is real. But I still wanted to kind of bring that up. And, and if yeah, you, totally. A lot of flat earthers also don't think in it. And sorry if you're a flat earther. I, I, I don't want to offend you or anything, but. I know you don't even need to finish that sentence. A lot of flat earthers don't think. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, when you love pizza so much that you think the planet is the same shape as a pizza, <laughs> that's a whole different level of love. Right there. I love it. So you're obviously not a flat earther. So I guess it comes into the, oh, the aspect I, I, of... I like it science. goes on the aspect of how do you explain to a flat earther that Australia is real? I would be... If there's a way... I guess. No, no, no. Look, I get it. I get it. And there's a lot of stuff on the internet that says that we're all paid actors here. And you know what? <laughs> I've heard that too. I, I've heard that too. I totally ran with that. And I've gone, okay, cool. I am totally okay with not existing and being a paid actor. So I've got all these invoices for my time. Yeah, put that totally. on your resume or your Twitter. In Australia. That's, that's <laughs> you a thing. You got to put that on your Twitter or your, or on your resume or, or your bio. That you're an Australian paid actor to be there. An Australian paid actor. What do you do for a living? I don't know. Uh, this, this is what I do. I'm an Australian stand-in. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, every time people look at Australia, that's me. Standing there doing normal shit. Yep. And do you know the hardest part is sitting in the backyard looking up for the satellites as they come over for Google Earth and they go, ah, almost, almost. All right. Showtime, people. Everyone. Get to work. And we're Get like, stop with this because the satellite can see us. Oh, Start in the yard. It's really tough. It's so tough. And worst of all, I've got all these invoices for my time as an actor and uh, no one's paying them. So whoever says that we're paid actors, I want to know who is paying these actors because I would like to send them my invoices for simply existing so that they can pay me. To be a paid actor in my country. You know, that's, I love that. Oh my God, I love that. Awesome. So at the moment, I've just got a whole heap of bad debts uh, with all of these <laughs> invoices for my time. We're calling them uh, business write-offs due. for now. Past due invoices. Yeah. And you know what? I'd, if, if that was the case, then wouldn't Australia have hands down the best method acting courses ever? For actors. Or it takes 18 hours for us to get there, right? Couldn't the same argument be that we're not real? From there. Ooh, I like this argument. You know what I mean? You can say, hypothetically, we're not real in the US. Totally. You know what I mean? That's an argument, too. So sometimes from the world looking into America, we think you're not particularly real either. That's true, too. Which that could be very believable. That could be very believable. And we just go, what? Sorry, there's 300 and something million people and they did what? They're doing what? (laughs) They voted for what? Yeah. No, totally agree. I could see you like stumbling across like Florida man for the first time and be like, this can't be. That is so a thing here. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, it's not really the equivalent, but Florida, that's where you get all that crazy shit that happens, right? That's why the orange guy lives there. Um, <laughs> and look, he, seriously, with the uh, with the pandemic, the orange guy did so much, so much to save you guys from the horrors of coronavirus. And part of that was not being president and moving to Florida so that you could actually get vaccinated. <laughs> so that's how you can help by not helping, which yeah. is really important. So I can't even remember what I was talking about now because <laughs> Florida man, Florida man. Oh, oh yeah, Florida man. So we have an equivalent over here. Uh, look at us. I'm not even drinking. This is like breakfast time. I got coffee after this. Uh, no, Florida man. We have an equivalent which is the Northern Territory newspaper. So each state's got a, their own newspaper. Okay. They call it the NT Times, and they have the weirdest and craziest headlines anywhere in the country. So they will still have headlines, UFO sighting in Outback, or Crocodile eats left testicle of man. It is in the same vein as Florida Man, and they are some crazy headlines and Northern Territory is a bit of a wild place to go and it is really great and if you ever come out here you desperately need to go there because it is wonderful and aside from it being crazy and (laughs) wild like that it's also got some stunning Australian history 
from our First Nations people. So we have Uluru there and there's a whole, whole heap of really amazing First Nations people that are happy to guide and share some of their 60,000 years of knowledge and experience. So it's actually wonderful. And you can also buy a copy of the Crazy Paper too. (laughs) So when you say the (laughs) First Nations people, though, are you talking about like Aborigines or are you talking about like the prisoners? Oh, okay. You're talking about... So we don't use the term, that term anymore because... yeah, or what I said or what he said. Yeah, what you said, we don't use that anymore because that that was used as a rather offensive slur over the last... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) since we invaded 200 years ago here. But... As a white guy, I have been corrected a lot. Best thing that we can do is to listen and learn and go, cool, I get it. I can fix that. I can do that. So First Nations people is what we would call Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders here. Okay. They are very, very proud people and they have such a rich and diverse history. And the more I learn about it as a white guy, the more I go, oh, that's amazing. So all the fires that we had here. So if we had have just shut our traps and listened to our First Nations people, probably wouldn't have happened. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, they've been managing uh, seasonal fires in Australia for 60,000 years. they got a little bit mm. of knowledge there compared to our 200. If we had have listened to them, it probably wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad as what it was. So, wow. yeah, I'm a huge fan and a huge supporter of having our two cultures combine and working together and such a welcoming, kind... Every First Nations person that I've ever met is just so wonderful. Well, you've been educational here today, too, because I honestly, I didn't know that. And so essentially, that is our N-word, your N-word to us, essentially. Yeah. We can't... We don't use that anymore. We don't use that one anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, we still like America. We still have a lot of people that are racist here. Yeah. We also have a lot of systemic systems that do not provide equality for our First Nations people. And that's very similar to the black-white divide that I read about in the States. And it's up to all of us to try and encourage that equality and call that out in our life where we can. Because it doesn't matter what your skin colour is. It doesn't matter... You know, at the end of the day, you just totally. don't be an asshole. I mean, you could be an asshole, but you know what I'm trying to say is like, yeah. there's no reason for it. So knock it off, essentially. And I think that when we have true equity and equality, everybody wins. And I really, really like it when everybody wins because there's a richness, a joy, a happiness and a, and a diversity that is unfound any other way. I agree. Right. For our next question, when was the last time you played a trick or prank on someone and what was it? Okay, there was, I think most of the tricks and pranks that I play are normally on myself. So it's normally past Ben doing something that freaks future Ben out. And so the regular chess that I have is I'll be well organized, I'll go to bed, and then I'll wake up feeling really refreshed and feeling really great. Okay. That's amazing. And I've woken up and there was no alarm. Woken up, isn't it great? Turns out I've set the alarm for PM, not AM, and I'm totally late for my day or I've missed my flight or I've done something like that. That is a regular prank that I play on myself unconsciously. It is a very expensive and you prank say, oh, to play as well. I've done it again. That's why I'm late. I pranked myself. That's brilliant. Yeah. At door that'll wake me up because it's my driver turning up going you ready you ready and i sleep naked so oh that's, so you answer the so door well when you're tired you just go oh what's happening what's happening i'm just gonna go and so i've learned to uh put a dressing gown beside the door because that's um no one wants to see that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, especially if it's cold yeah <laughs> yeah no he's a grower not a shower guy that's always my <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just, oh my God, it was so chilly this morning. When you're feeding the birds, were you naked too? Or? <laughs> just curious. It's just really hard to sit seed on it. For our last question, uh, what is a piece of information that you have learned in your life that feels illegal to know? Oh, wow. Uh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Perfect answer. <laughs> 
I think that there's, jeez, there's a lot of really great little nuggets there of knowledge. That could be some international law kind of things you might know maybe over in Australia that maybe we don't know. Yeah, because, you know, uh, as a paid actor, <laughs> it's really, really interesting to to have all of that inside knowledge oh, as yeah. a paid actor. That must be day one of, like, the HR training. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I think... It's not particularly funny, but I think it is a piece of knowledge that has baked my noodle consistently for a few years. And I shall phrase this as a trivia question for you. Okay. So, which country's previous capital is an anagram of its current capital? I'll give you a clue. It's not in America. <laughs> That's all I know. So They don't teach us anything outside of America. They don't teach us anything else but what's in, what's in our coast to coast so, here. So, that's going to be hard. Yeah, that is hard. So it's just Japan because it was mm. uh, Kyoto and Tokyo. Oh, okay. That's the anagram. Now, I don't know, obviously not having the same effect on you as it did on me, but I just went, <laughs> oh, my God, never saw that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that, culturally yeah, deliberate. We, we're a little slower at defunding education here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Or, so that, that maybe me and Mark are gonna light bulb it later. Oh, that's what he meant. No, I'm, <laughs> I, get, I get it. I get it. It's just uh, no, uh, it. I, I'm dumb. I'm just too dumb to be like, oh, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think Same. you get it. It's just I don't know. Well, I liked it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like what you say after sex. Well, I liked it anyway. <laughs> it was good for yeah, me. I'm at sorry least. you didn't have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Cab money's on the counter. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Put the hundred, you got to put the hundred on the dresser. It's on the dresser. You can- No, no, you send the Uber yeah. and you give him five stars. <laughs> Thanks for picking up my trash. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. wow. I feel some Mark, cultural differences nice. happening already. <laughs> Well, that, that's great. That that was a great, yeah, that's a great way to end the show at this point. So, Ben, to, <laughs> before, to show the difference. Before I get involved. <laughs> Can you, uh, do so, you have it? Sorry, what? It's my break time as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Changing shifts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for coming out, even though that was kind of an awful way to kind of end everything. Uh, no, 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 that was perfect. It, it summed up both countries, literally. <laughs> Culturally accurate. Yes. Yeah, it was right on target. If you could, if you could uh, tell us if you got anything coming up, uh, this episode will drop three weeks from today. Uh, if you could just tell us yep. what type of anything you have coming up, where we can find you, uh, and anything else you want to promote. Shameless self-promotion is something that actors are very good at. You can find everything at bensorensen1.com because some other bastard took Ben Sorensen. So now I I'm Ben that. Sorensen 1. And also, you can check out my socials as well. They're all at Ben Sorensen 1 too because I've actually really genuinely embraced it. So definitely check it out. I've got some online shows coming up. I've got, uh, if you are a paid actor in Australia, I've got some other shows that you can buy, uh, which is kind of funny because you're saying actors buying tickets to see other actors act as actors in a country. Wow, that's that's an an inception, basically. It's brilliant. We have whole comedy festivals and stuff, so the sham's really good. It's (laughs) like a sham wow. So yeah, bensorensen1.com or bensorensen1 on everything. Check awesome. out. Come say hi. <laughs> Ask me acting questions. I'll be a Sham, wow. I love how you put in a guy who promoted a product who really loved hookers after we had just <laughs> talked about paying and getting rid of our... <laughs> Thank you. It was not lost on you. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's probably, he probably moved here. <laughs> That's probably why. He probably moved here and then started... Hanging out with hookers and and then going down the dark side. Hashtag Florida man. Yes. Thank you. All right. Amigos (laughs) out. This has been the Amigos PC. Make sure to like, subscribe, and review us on all your podcasting platforms. And visit us at AmigosPC.net. Get our entire library of content and Amigos merch. Till next time. Adios. Adios.